Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh, hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hello, Anna. How are you? Oh, gosh. I, I think, I don't know if we've been drinking last night or doing some drugs. I'm not sure, but I feel like we're in a really good mood this morning. <laughs> Spoken like a true doctor there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm just going through my list of substances that could be possibly inebriating us. Yeah, I feel like we're really spicy and a uh, little, little zany this morning. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me this morning. I do feel a bit, <laughs> bit of a frisky mood. <laughs> frisky <laughs> this is all good uh, it's all good to tune us in for a little bit of friskiness oh definitely how's your week good yeah i think it was good and the weekend was great because um i want to f- set the scene i think that's where everyone else is it's middle of fall in toronto absolutely gorgeous the leaves are just starting to change crisp everyone's out with their beautiful sweaters it's pumpkin spice latte season So me and my roommate went out to a board game place. So a big thing here in Toronto is these kind of cafes where people play board games. I'm not sure. Is it just a city of 2.8 million geeky people? I'm not quite sure. (laughs) So yeah, so we just went out, met a few folks through a meetup. Again, meetup has been my real way of kind of getting to know folks here. And we, we spent the afternoon playing board games. And then, you know, funny enough, we stopped playing board games and talked about long distance relationship and how to find Mm. your power and when you're stuck away from your love because of COVID. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, very good. Mm. And what did you learn? Well, funny enough, I actually asked permission for this random person. I'm curious, could I could I ask you a question? And I was asking them some some questions about their outlook about being separated from their partner who's over Mm. in Europe. And they were telling me about their meditation practice that they're using to be able to sort of calm themselves in this distance. I know a few people, including myself, who are separated from their love at this moment. Mm. I think it's, it is a tricky time, isn't it, for lots of people? I think it's setting, we were just talking about this, I think it's mm. setting in now. I think yeah. that we're officially going mad as a planet. <laughs> It's funny because you were mentioning the prospect of watching travel shows right now. (laughs) I couldn't think of anything worse than watching a travel show, which was the suggestion from my other half last night. So why do you want to watch about travel when we can't go anywhere? (laughs) It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's absolutely it. You know, and I I feel like we all want to be somewhere else right now. It's, It's really funny. My husband actually has just locked down his travel dates for his leave. Mm. I, I can tell he's just going insane. He just wants to leave an international border, anything, anywhere. Yeah. I think that we're all really buzzing with this kind of energy right now. I just want like some nice sunshine, a nice pool, somebody else making my dinner and cleaning my room every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Is it too much to ask? Is it too much yeah. to ask? You know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not being princessy about it. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. I think, you know, it's more than that, because we were down in North Carolina in, in August, and, you know, all those things were present, including the warmth and everything. It just wasn't enough, though, because I feel like I want to experience, I feel like this whole COVID thing, right now, all I want to do is to see people from another part of the world, yeah. eating different food, yeah. hearing different music, hearing different languages. Yeah. 
just being somewhere different, exploring something brand new. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I'm quite depressed now. I know I've got to lift it up a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I know, exactly. (laughs) Well, I felt I would bring where I am just to validate anybody who's feeling a little bit locked Mm. up and insane right now. Yeah. And then we're just going to pull it back up, like a plane back up to the 35,000 feet mark of zaniness and a little friskiness in relationship. Yeah. I think it is normal to be experiencing a whole range of emotions right now. And sometimes you might be experiencing things you don't even know how you're feeling. And I think Mm -hmm. that is quite normal and understandable because I I think especially as you say, we've had a glorious summer and we're coming out of that now and going into winter and there's a lot of discussion about how, you know, things are going to get worse and kind of we already feel like we're in quite a bad place. It's like how much worse can it get? And (laughs) there's just that real kind of fear of uncertainty, I think, and the prospect of Christmas coming, but still being in lockdown or with rules and I think all of that Mm. is you know you you can almost feel the anxiety in in Mm. the earth can't you but it is like Mm. you say trying to find ways to cope with that and different ways to deal with it whether that is through meditation journaling watching crap tv Mm. getting out for a walk you know standing in the pouring down rain that we've had this weekend (laughs) where I live you know whatever it is that helps you Mm. to kind of move beyond that and also just accepting that that's how you feel so some days just accepting this feeling's going to sit with me today it's going to come along with Mm. me it doesn't define who I am it's just coming along for the ride today and tomorrow it'll have disappeared hopefully Mm. wow now that put me in a nice spot it's funny that you say that because I think I woke up to this morning I thought oh I'm in a bit of a crummy mood and you know your first instinct is to try to see the brighter side and just try to get yourself out of the funk yeah I love that I have permission to just let that somberness follow me around and chances are it won't by the end of the day I'll be in a clinic and I'll be seeing some wonderful patient and it'll be all wonderful but for now I can say look this mood is going to follow me around for a little bit and that's okay that's all right just come along for the ride Lovely. Thank you for that. That was actually, I feel like that was an essential piece of coaching. Thank you so much for that. You are welcome. So how was your weekend after all of this? um, Well, the weather was just atrocious at the weekend. Mm. I've had my neighbor's fence has blown down. I've had half of my tree come down in my garden. God. And um, we've had sideways rain and um, storms. So it's been a weekend of staying indoors and wrapping up warm, getting the Mm. central heating put on and um, just generally enjoying some indoor time. Mm. But I did make the most delicious green soup yesterday. Oh, And there's something very satisfying about making soup when it's pouring down with rain outside. Yeah. So are you able to tell us what your secret ingredient is? Well, I put a little bit of brie in mine. Oh, it's delicious. Yes. Just a little small chunk. I can't tell you how much I love brie. <laughs> There's nothing better mm, in life. Me too. I have a big round in my fridge at this very moment. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds lovely. So it wasn't bacon or anything? No, it didn't. It had some spinach and broccoli and peas and leeks. Oh, leeks. Some garlic and onion. Oh, it was, oh delicious. Oh, it is that time again, folks, for all our ground root vegetables. Yeah. Right, I'm starving now. I was going to say, <laughs> let's hurry up so we can get some of that soup. Yeah. So what is happening on the International Love Desk? Well, well, well. <laughs> so the I think it was the London Marathon yesterday, and also it should have been the Jersey Marathon. 
oh. which they had to cancel the official marathon. Mm. But instead, they said that people could still run the marathon, but they were to set their own their own route for the marathon. Oh. So I did see lots of people out running yesterday, and I tell you what, fair play to you if you were out in that, because <laughs> oh, it was utterly, utterly atrocious. So <laughs> I take my hat off to you for running a marathon at any time. Yes. But I would take two or three hats off to you for yesterday's performance, because oh. as I say, the weather was diabolical in Jersey. <laughs> now, Juvenate, a couple who are from the UK, actually got married <gasps> during the marathon. So they were running the marathon. 18 miles in, 18 miles in, they got married oh. and then carried on to run the remaining bit of the marathon. Oh my gosh. So we'd like to say congratulations to Colin and Sue Johnson from Lincolnshire. If you're listening, we just want to say congratulations. They tied the knot yesterday at Corbier Lighthouse. Well done. Well congratulations. done. I think a big round of applause Woo! We won't ask you what your first dance was. I was. You know, it's so funny. I thought about that. It was like, better bloody well have been Frank Sinatra. It better. And not some like <laughs> modern. No, not some teeny bop song. No, exactly. But I do have to kind of question the the mental fitness of these people. Like <laughs> mid-marathon in a Storm Andy or Storm Alex? Yeah, Storm Alex, yeah. Oh, for God's sakes. So apparently Mr. Johnson says marriage is about endurance. Marriage is long term and marathon is long term. And there are so many comparisons between the two. The commitment, effort and endurance. Oh my God. So there you go. They're big fans of Jersey apparently. They visit regularly. So it seemed like the obvious choice for that wedding location. Beautiful. I tell you what, one question just popped in my head though. Do you think they had enough energy to consummate the marriage? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, you opened up a can of worms here. <laughs> you know, I'll bet you they didn't. And then let us just say that a lot of people don't actually consummate marriages on the marriage night because let's be honest, whether you're running a marathon in a hailstorm, ra- rainstorm in Jersey, or just having a regular wedding that takes all the planning of the world... Who has the energy? (laughs) That's true. Uh, I'm going to bet no, but I invite the happy couple to uh, call in and uh, email to let us know. Yes. Info at geordielass.com. Get in touch. Let us know. Beautiful. (laughs) I've run a half marathon and I feel like it would have taken several days to have gotten back on the horse of, mm. of shagging after that. <laughs> so if you if you run a full marathon, I don't know, man, creaky bones, creaky hips. Yeah. I think it takes a few days. Mm. Well, let's hope that they're listening and they um, they let us know. Blessed to the happy couple, <laughs> I swear. That is, that is absolutely, it just gets all the romantic cockles of my heart all going. Yeah. Here's to love. Here's to love indeed. Mm-hmm. Sarah, you're not disappointing at all. This is wonderful news. Thank you. Just bringing it every week. Bringing it every week. Yeah. I actually think this is all people tune in for because they want to know what the relationship news is. I think you're probably right, actually, to be honest. Yeah. The rest is just, you know. Yeah. It's just a bit of trash. Trash. (laughs) (laughs) But we love it. So hopefully there's maybe a a straggler or two who carries (laughs) forward with us to our hot topic because we certainly love talking about all these things. We do. We do. Mm -hmm. So speaking of a hot topic, shall we check one out? Oh, let's go. Okay. (laughs) So here's a question for you, especially during lockdown, where we know 
many relationships have been tested. Mm. So what we want to know is, if you were trapped on a desert island, would you want to be trapped there with your partner? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I feel like there could be a lot of relationships ending over this question. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel like you have to sort of submit your ballot in a sealed envelope for this one. Yeah. To really, really dive into this, I don't think that you can have a, a share all heart-to-heart discussion. It's a hard one. Yeah. I love what you said, though, before we started. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, So, yeah, um, Anna and I did have a little brief chit-chat beforehand, and I said, well, depends on what day of the week you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You know, today it might be a yes. A couple of weeks ago, it might have been a no. A hell no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Hell no, never. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what reflects the the reality of this question. Mm. I remember a time when I first met my dude and I was like, oh my God, I just want to be with you ever and always and never be away from you. And of course that was before <laughs> we moved in together. But yeah, this is a really tricky question because not every day of the week is a day of the week where you want to be trapped on an island together. No. Let's be real guys. We have been trapped. A lot of us have been essentially, you know, the benefit of a desert island would be there'd be some tropical fruits and some sunshine and ocean spray. Yes. But really, a lot of us have been trapped with our significant others for how many months is it since March? Are we going on nine oh, months? About 568. Yeah, exactly. Who only <laughs> does knows? it just feel like that? <laughs> yeah. So it really is like being trapped on a desert island. Mm. Do you have to have a strong relationship in order to feel like you, you want to be cloistered with them? I think you've got to like each other. You've got to, um, <laughs> without stating the obvious, I think you've got to be able to, <laughs> to have fun together if you're going to be trapped on a desert island mm. with somebody. I'm feeling uncomfortable by the word trapped as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that kind of doesn't sound very pleasant, does it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked your image better with the tropical fruits and the sunshine yes. and the lovely beach. And yeah, the word trapped. <laughs> yeah doesn't sound so great does it well and you raise a good point because I think that we use that language just to say trapped on a desert island you know with or without a spouse I think that's the the language we use Mm. but then when we look at this in this context is maybe that's an allegory for marriage is trapped in a marriage are you trapped in a marriage or are you a willing participant in the opportunity of marriage Mm. so how do you reframe happening to be on a desert island without any fairies coming to and from the island with your significant other. Yeah. I just keep thinking I'm going to starve to death. Ah, <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. Like, how do you eat? Do we have to kill our own fish? Yeah. Is there a corner shop? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Probably not, actually, to be honest. Yeah. I guess the question is, is would a significant other make it more tolerable or less tolerable than if you were there by yourself? Oh, I think I definitely want to be with somebody rather than be by myself, mm-hmm. I think. I agree. I think, anyway. I don't know. It'd be interesting to try it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Right now, I'd settle for a, being trapped on a desert island. <laughs> yes. Just for the feeling of getting on a plane and feeling like I'm going somewhere different. Yes. I think this is a really interesting question for relationship in that if you were trapped on a desert island, like how could you negotiate all the stressors? You know, our lass and mister who just got married in a marathon, they mentioned that it's the long haul. Mm. And so if you imagined placing your relationship in the way that you interact with each other and the way that you work on problems together, if you put that on a desert island, 
how would you change your communication style to be able to deal with being secluded? Yeah. And I think it depends, doesn't it, how strong your relationship is or where your current relationship challenges are. Because if you're great at communication and you're very open and you kind of solve problems as soon as they arise, then, you know, being trapped on a desert island probably would be fine for you. You would just deal with it the way that you deal with everyday life. If, on the other hand, you're of the, you know, the communication style of sweep it under the carpet and have a giant elephant in the room, Mm then I would imagine that being on a desert island with your partner would be quite difficult. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, exactly. And you'd be taking the elephant with you. <laughs> yeah, the elephant would have to be packed along on the boat, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's the key question, is if you're not sure where you are in your relationship, yeah. imagine transposing yourself onto a desert island. Take the desert island test and say, how would we be doing if we were trapped in a desert island? And yeah. if the answer is, oh, freaking horrible... then maybe while you're on dry land in the middle of a large continent, maybe it's time to make some changes. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that is excellent advice. It does really make you think, I think, this question. It is a bit of a challenge, isn't it, around, like a challenge to you about your relationship and, Mm -hmm. you know, where it is on the healthiness levels. Mm -hmm. That, you know, we talk a lot about healthy relationships and part of that is having healthy communication but also kind of the other areas as well around supporting each other and and being able to work through issues as and when they arise. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really, as you say, putting yourself in that position to say, well, actually, how would we fare? How mm-hmm. would we connect? How would we, you know, go and kill the fish for dinner? <sighs> I'm, I don't, I'm assuming that we've got to kill the fish for dinner. Yes. I don't know what happens if you're vegetarian. <gasps> You know, what's funny what's coming up for me there is I'm hearing your needs are coming up. I'm hearing that that's one of the first conversations that you have to have with your spouse or your partner on this journey is what will our individual needs, worries, anxieties be? Mm. My worry may be how do we balance the together time with the alone time that we need? Yeah. And your concern, rightfully so, is bloody hell, how are we going to catch fish? (laughs) And will we have to eat seaweed or fruits all day? Yeah. I went straight to my stomach. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did used to have this unnatural fear when I was younger about going on holiday. And especially if I was going to stay in somebody else's house, I didn't like it. I felt really uncomfortable because I was terrified that I was going to be hungry and that they wouldn't feed me. <laughs> <laughs> or they wouldn't feed me at the times that I wanted to eat or or there'd be nothing for breakfast and I'd be starving. So yeah, I do, I think I've got, still got a bit of that legacy fear going on there. Oh, that's wonderful though. Yeah. I think that is wonderful because we don't actually articulate what our fears are to our partners. And that comes Mm. out in other ways, irritation and fights about proxy wars, I think. Yeah. When really what you're saying is I have a basic need and I just need to feel that that one thing is going to be that I will have security in that. Yeah, you you don't want to be on the wrong side of me when I'm hungry. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in coaching, we mention what is the best way to set yourself up for success and what are all the factors that may influence how you're showing up to a situation and and environmental factors is a big thing. So am I cold? Am I hungry? We don't think about that when we're not trapped on a desert island. I think we should take the desert island test and say, well, aside from packing the elephant, okay, don't pack the elephant along. Instead, (laughs) an inventory of what will I need to be my best self on this desert island. Yeah, it would be a good chance to um, totally recreate a whole 
you could use it as a bit of a reset, couldn't you? And you can just create a whole different relationship mm. with your other half and just have that space and that time and capacity to be able to do that. Oh, I like what you're saying there. It's like a retreat. Yeah. Oh, when you put it that way, I think I want to have my partner along. Yeah. I'm like, where do I sign? Yeah, that sounds quite nice. <laughs> All right, I'm in. I'm totally in. <laughs> my answer to that is yes, I would like to be trapped in a desert island with my other half. Me too. Not with your other half, my other half. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> Although yeah. I'm sure your other half would be lovely to be trapped with too. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Well, and maybe one day when we actually meet in person, maybe we, yes. all four of us can go and meet somewhere on a desert island. <laughs> maybe in the distant future where travel begins to follow again. Yes, exactly. You know, it's so funny on that note. I know a person, I cannot name them, but they are separated from their love interest who mm. uh, happens to be somewhere quite close to you. And this person just found out that the Canadian border is closed to everyone. We just thought the Americans weren't allowed in, but it just so happens that no one is allowed into Canada if they're not Canadian mm. from anywhere. So there was this realization of, oh my gosh, we can't bring... Uh, yeah, no, it's hard times, guys. Yeah. One day... I actually thought, oh, yes, you'd be able to come on over here to Canada. In fact, you can't. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm allowed on Jersey from Canada. You can, but you'd have to quarantine. Ah. I don't know if your country is on the red, green or amber list, but oh. yeah, there's a whole protocol for what you have to do. We actually have one of the best track and trace systems um, of anywhere, apparently. Really? So there you go. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's awesome because then you guys can continue on life somewhat interrupted, right? With schools open and... Yes. And the pubs, they're open as well? The pubs are open, yeah. Oh. Yeah, pubs, restaurants. It kind of feels like, I mean, we're in this little bubble, I think, in Jersey, but it doesn't really feel like there's anything going on. Mm. But clearly, you know that there is. But yeah, they've done, I mean, the the levels are still quite low in terms of number of cases. Mm. But I think it's just that whole thing about not knowing what's going to come over the winter period and there being quite a lot of speculation, which mm. I think is the stuff that's causing the anxiety because it's just that unknown and the future doesn't feel very bright. No, exactly. Mm. Well, you know, yeah, this desert island question is really quite topical because to feel like you can't go anywhere yeah. gives you the sense of being trapped. I love this question because it's pretty much what 7.3 billion people are going through right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glass half full opportunity yeah we're going to say yes we will be trapped with our other half and we will treat it as a retreat and enjoy the time together and discover new things about each other yes i feel like we need to go on to some sort of trashy next i'm not sure what you have in store for us oh shall we check out the question then oh let's do that okay <laughs> i'm ready to go So the question this week. My partner brings his work problems home and it's affecting our relationship, our personal life. What should I do? Mm-hmm. Get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Your time's up. And scene. And you're out. Close podcast. <laughs> nice to talk to you this week, Sarah. That was pretty easy. <laughs> Some great relationship coaching going on there. Oh, God, we're really great. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, it feels like Dear Abby if she's had a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we always said that we're not Dear Abby. We don't dispense advice. <laughs> no, and I was joking about the get divorced thing. But it was certainly funny. <laughs> we needed the laugh. Oh my God, that's so funny. So what should you do then? So your partner's got some issues at work. It's affecting your personal life. The problems are coming home. I can feel the real heavy energy from this, you know, mm-hmm. that when you dread them walking in through the door because you just know it's going to be another kind of round of just talking about the issues and bad moods and Mm. I can really kind of I can sense an unhappy household yeah and I think for me the biggest question coming up is how are they bringing it home are they bringing it home in that they're talking about their work all the time and confiding in you or are they silent and they're moody Mm. like you say are they aggressive so my question first and foremost is how are they bringing it home yeah And how is that making you feel in terms of your proximity to the problem? Mm. Is your partner accessible to you or are they letting you in? Yeah, I would say judging by the fact that, you know, to say that there is some effect on the personal life, I would say it's not being brought home in a positive, I'm sharing aspect. But, you know, we know that no one can make us feel a certain way, right? Mm. We take on other people's issues mm. because we choose to. It's just, and often this is a really difficult message, isn't it, in terms of with a coaching client is, you know, a lot of the time we are helping to create the problem. And I think in this situation, I hate to sound tough, but no one can make you feel a certain way. You're giving other people permission to make you feel that way or you're accepting the stuff that is coming your way. You're accepting the negativity or the aggression or the you know whatever it is that this person is bringing home from the office you're accepting that Mm -hmm. so that would be my first starting position is what do you need to do in order to develop some sort of a force field Mm. that means that those emotions that negativity doesn't doesn't absorb you and then doesn't have such a big impact on your personal life that would be my first starting position and you you have a choice as to how to show up and how to react yeah I did actually write a blog on this, uh, which is on my website. I'll put a link into the show notes. And it's about, you know, not taking on the emotions of other people. Mm -hmm. And I think as human beings, we're quite, it's quite a natural role, isn't it? To take that you want to be, you know, naturally want to be the fixer. You want to be the, you want to be the one that makes everything better. You want, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to seek harmony in life. And when things don't feel harmonious, then we're we're seeking to put those right and to correct Mm -hmm you know, to right every wrong that ever existed. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, it's not always possible, is it? And I think, you know, the first thing is just acknowledging that, yes, that this is happening and, mm-hmm. and really kind of acknowledge what's going on. And But then try not to jump in and immediately fix things mm-hmm. because that's not your role either. You know, we have to kind of show compassion for the other person mm-hmm. in terms of what's going on in their life. But it's not your automatic obligation to then fix it and make it better, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. That's a really great point. I think what's frustrating is that you're looking at your partner with some degree of perspective and seeing that they probably have other options. They don't have to be a victim to this particular scenario, nor is it your only option to be a victim to the emotions that are brought home. Yeah. And then you two are sort of this swirling cesspool of where you're both feeling stuck you're at the mercy Mm. of a job or you're at the mercy of your partner's situation in the job there's such discord and there's such it's stuck Mm. yeah I find myself very confused I think I just went and 
tied the panties up into a really tight knot. And I feel like, Sarah, I need you to, I need you to translate what that just was. <laughs> These sorts of questions just get really me really tied up in a knot. Maybe because I've been here before, I've felt this. It's, this is really a hard situation. I think we've all been here. It is a hard situation. I think it does come down to your own boundaries and what you're prepared to accept. And and I do believe that, you know, if you're allowing a situation to continue that you are not happy with and isn't serving you, isn't serving your relationship, then, you know, at some point you need to, you know, untie the panties, <laughs> put some brave ones on, <laughs> put your brave pants on and, and tackle the situation head on. I think, you know, again, I'm going to say communication. So have that discussion. You know, maybe the other person doesn't even realise what an impact mm. it's having on a relationship. Often, you know, the silence is a form of acceptance. Mm. So because we're not calling something out or we're not saying that this is an issue for me, the other person has not got a clue. So I use this example all the time. If you've got a group of friends and one of them's always late for dinner, always, and nobody in the group tells them that it's annoying and difficult and none of you like it then that person does not know that they've got a problem. Mm. They just carry on turning up late and thinking that it's okay because you always forgive them. They accept me as I am um, because they're my friends and they love me. Mm. When in reality, you're all bitch, whinge and moaning about the fact that this person's <laughs> always late. You know, so we have the same situation potentially here. If your partner's coming home and they're in a mood or they're bringing this negativity because of the stresses that they've got at work and they're always stressed and maybe they're snapping with the children or, you know, whatever it is that's just creating this um, this unharmonious relationship. There has to be a discussion that says, look, I know you probably don't realise this, but mm. you da, 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 these are all the things that are affecting our personal life. I want to support you to find a way to leave some of those problems in the office mm. And not bring them home. You know, maybe it's a 20 minute diversion on the way back from work so that there is a separation mm. and a switch off. Maybe it's listening to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For a bit of light entertainment. There's always going to be ways. And I think you hit the nail on the head before when you're saying it's, you know, if we continue to behave in a victim mindset and we feel like we're trapped, we feel like we've got no choice, no options, we naturally are going to get annoyed and frustrated and the you know anything that you're trying to suppress as part of that it's just going to come out in in some shape or form if it doesn't come out in the form of anger and frustration and aggression it's going to come out in the form of illness instead mm. so we've got to be able to deal with some of these difficult situations before the two go too far and you know often I've seen this as well you get people that just go do you know what that's it I was joking before about divorce but these are the types of mm. things that can just tip you over the edge where you just go hang on a minute I'm, I've just had enough so because you haven't dealt with all the things that have accumulated over time, instead you walk out the door, which I don't believe is the right answer either, you know, so there is that trying to tackle things as they come up. I like how you say that because I, the thing is, and you, you're right, it was not a joke. These sorts of issues are, this does not seem like a divorceable issue, but it ends up being one. Yeah. Where one part of the partnership is consumed with an issue they mm. could do with a hell of a lot of coaching, if I may say, you know, because yeah. we know that there's never any job, including the, the commander in chief of the largest country in the world, there's not <laughs> a job out there that can't be negotiated to be tolerable and to not cross over your boundaries. Yeah. So when you see a spouse that is just stuck in this, this hamster wheel, you know that they have better options 
and mm. you have better options and not bringing your best foot forward in communication can lead to divorce. This is a very, very common irreconcilable differences, right? Yeah. I think where a lot of fear comes in is, is I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, but I've tried to say something to him like, look, yeah. you can't be coming home with, you know, we need, you need to leave your issues at the door. And, and I know that people have heard this refrain, their, their partner saying, ah, oh, but you don't know how hard it is for me. You know, I'm just so under so much stress. You know, even if you are not the person making the majority share of the income, you still have a right to say, I understand you're under stress. But the way that you bring this to the relationship is not a healthy thing for me, my children, et cetera. And, and we need to come up with a different way. Yeah. And I, I want you to know how, how this is affecting me. And I'm going to speak from my heart. I'm going to speak from my emotion. Because I know that you don't want to cause me to feel sadness and stress. Yeah. It's avoiding that, that blame, isn't it? So it's avoiding blame and, and feeling like you're victimizing the other person. So I think, mm. you know, by coming at it from a place of compassion understanding and love then that message will be delivered mm -hmm. in, a, in a much better way so you know exactly as you're saying it's about the health of our relationship it's about us as a couple mm -hmm. it's about supporting each other and it's about um, building a happier life together so if it comes from a place of unity rather than a, a you need to get your shit together because this mm -hmm. isn't working <laughs> then you know it's going to come from a very different place mm-hmm I also have a strong sense. I mean, I don't, if you're really stuck in these roles, if you're stuck showing up in a certain way, if you would like to see something else transpire, but you can't possibly imagine how that might happen, mm. coaching can be helpful. Because one of the biggest questions I would say is, given that your partner is under a lot of stress in this particular role in their job, and this is sort of their, this is the way they are. These are the responsibilities they've taken on, whether or mm. not you think that they have other options. This is what it is. You can't change your partner and the way that they see and approach this situations in their lives. But you have a choice of how you show up. And if you could have anything tomorrow, if I wave a magic wand, you wake up tomorrow and your partner was the same, but you had the most ideal scenario that was harmonious to you and harmonious to your family, what would that look like? Mm. If you can first define your dream and define what would be harmony to you, then you can start to speak from that space. And again, I love that you say love and compassion and regard and respect for your partner. Yeah. What I'm hearing when you say there is it's about understanding your own needs first mm. before you start that conversation. So part of that ideal image or exploring that is, you know, what would the future look like if I could change it? Mm is about understanding your needs and then being able to share that from a place of love and compassion and connection with your partner. You know, it's funny that you say that. Sorry, you always bring us back. I think where these conversations go wrong is when somebody is like, I hate it when you, when you come home and you, you crash doors and you, you're just very aggressive and, and so mm. forth. And then if the other partner who's under a lot of stress at work is hearing that, they may say, well, but then you don't care about me. And look, I'm yeah. just stressed and I'm not feeling well. And but if you tune into the fact that when you, your family of origin, your home of origin was one of conflict and you mm. heard your parents crashing and banging and fighting and arguing. And for you, that makes you feel anxious and yeah. horrible. But what you would prefer to do is to support your partner, perhaps with having conversation or perhaps your partner, if they should be willing to open up for a hug. Mm. Tuning into your needs is saying is that when I hear violence, for example, it terrifies me. 
And so I would love to support you, but I can't support loud aggression, violence. I, we need to come up with another way that I can throw my arms around you in, in that sort of way. And mm. that may be not everybody's situation, but certain people's needs are that they want to support their partner in a certain way and they can't handle certain things that trigger stress and terror from their childhood. Yeah, but you raise a good point there, which is around why is it triggering me so much? So, and that could be potentially one of the reasons. So maybe it's to do with childhood situations. Mm. But I think it does raise that point. If something's upsetting you and you feel really bothered by it as this listener is it's going behind that isn't it to find the meaning to say well why why is it bothering me so much because we talked about hangry before Mm. okay so if I am hungry and I feel like we're not having breakfast quickly enough for me I will get irritable and quite ratty Mm. now the reason that I'm feeling irritable and ratty and snappy is because I'm hungry so I've you know you go behind the emotion and you find out exactly what it is that's behind it what's causing it because we know that everyone's really different because we're all just hugely complex and Mm. um and diverse people and somebody could be like well I'm not even bothered you know it's up to him if he wants to come in and and slam the door and be Mr Moody all night I'm gonna I'm not gonna let that bring me down Mm. I'm gonna carry on and I'm gonna enjoy my life because they can't control my enjoyment you know I can whereas somebody else as you say would be possibly responding in a completely different way which is actually this is waking up lots of childhood memories for me or this is just not what I want for my life it's making me unhappy because and so because of that they would then find it difficult to rise above as the as the first person would so I I do think it's really important to go behind the emotions and the trigger Mm. to try and identify what it is that's causing that oh my gosh yes I feel like we've gone very deep on this question I love this I love this (laughs) Because I think the expectation for this kind of question would be like, well, my partner brings his work problems home. It's impacting our personal life. I think everybody would assume that we would be like, well, here's how you talk to your partner about like not being such a pain in the ass and, you know, keeping their stuff at the office or so forth. But I think the deeper question is what is bothering you about the manner in which your partner is behaving to you, to your children and, and in the home? Yeah. Why is it a trigger? What stories are you making up around it? Yes. Because there'll be some stories in there, I'm sure of it. You know, is it that you're not good enough? Is it that you he doesn't love you enough because otherwise he wouldn't treat you this way? You know, mm. there'll be all kinds of stuff that's caught up in it. Oh, that's absolutely bang on. Oh, I feel like I need to lie down. <laughs> I feel like I need a drink. <laughs> oh Maybe we should gosh. just end all podcast recordings with a little uh, glass of something. <laughs> I was going to say, absolutely. I think I would do like a, like an Irish cream. Oh, uh, Bailey's. oh, do you know what? Love a little Bailey's coffee right now. Yes, absolutely. We I need. think we need that. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's what winters were made for. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I feel like this, you know, it's funny. This this question hit me in the ass because I, I didn't expect this to get to the belly of the beast, which it has. Mm. This is a question that leads to irreconcilable differences in the divorce courts. We've got, you don't get hotter than this. Yeah. Well, it does feel like a very tough situation, but hopefully we've shared some things there that can at least give food for thought. And if other people find themselves in this situation or similar situations, Mm. you know, maybe just consider some of the things that we've shared today that can really help in that situation. Yeah, because it's super empowering. And, you know, you've kicked our ass a little bit. It's like it is on you on how you show up, how you react. 
and the boundaries that you set. And do you know what I often find is when we're in these types of situations and we've got to face something that's really tough, kind of head on, like going into it, we're absolutely terrified and we just think, Mm. oh God, this is going to be the worst thing ever. But actually what you feel on the other side of it is pure empowerment and Mm. you you feel like I'm a proper grown up, I've really sorted that out. There's a a moment for celebration, isn't there? It's like, yes, I am a grown up, I can deal with this shit. It's not going to get the better of me. And the more we practice putting on brave pants and tackling situations head on the better we become at it because it just becomes quite a normal um way to deal with issues and challenges but it's get it is getting to that point isn't it it's getting over that initial fear it's putting one foot in front of the other but Mm -hmm. it is it is possible i think that's what i'd like to share it is possible and the pure sense of relief and empowerment at the end of it is a definite um reward for the hard effort oh my gosh that's incredibly put Right. You can do it. I feel like we need some deep breaths. Yes, yes. You can do it. <laughs> and if you're having troubles where you can't really focus on what exactly what is underneath, if you have troubles visioning what would you like your partner? It's so funny because here, you know, I'm always tempted to go down the road of like how to change your partner. Again, you can't change your partner. You'll not ne- he, she, their behavior will never change. Yeah. You can change how you show up. But if you're having troubles getting clarity with that or troubles figuring out what your words will be as you're learning this new language, coaching, it's incredible. Yeah. All right. (sighs) Bailey's time. Are we off the clock? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Irish creams all round. (laughs) Oh, Irish creams all round. Gosh, in our virtual bar. I wish everybody could join us in our virtual pub (laughs) Uh, for some good music on these autumn afternoons yes as we're heading into a long winter yeah but we're going to be here to brighten up your week every week we're going to be bringing it and we're going to be here through the darkest days when our sun goes down at 3 30 we're going to be we're going to be here yeah Mm -hmm. right jolly note to end on there Anna. (laughs) oh yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) as our world gets more and more insane We'll be with you all next week. God knows what the headlines will be like next week. <laughs> Every week's headlines seem to sort of be like, really? <laughs> Is that even possible? Yeah. And then the next week we're like, oh no, wait, there's something even more that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every day it's going to be fine. That's what you've got to remember. It's going to yeah. be fine. And to our happy marathoners who just got married yes. on Jersey this past weekend, bless your socks. Congratulations. We hope that your muscles aren't too achy this morning. Yeah. And you've woken up the smile on your face. A big smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we're so saucy. What did you say that you were frisky this morning? Oh yes. Feeling frisky. <laughs> Little frisky. <laughs> oh. oh, right. Well, I feel energized and ready for the day ahead now. How about you? Oh, I'm feeling terrific. Good. It's a day of uh, perhaps I'm going to throw a bit of breakfast on. I'm going to be getting ready for my patients, possibly go out for a run because it's actually quite a sunny day. I'm not sure. Look at you with your sunshine. I know, isn't it? (laughs) I'm so intrepid. Yeah, we've got um, rain and puddles. Oh, gosh, yes. Well, (laughs) may it clear up in the coming week and may you enjoy the sunshine even more because of how much you've missed it. Oh, we certainly will. So till next week then, my lovely. Why, thank you so much, Sarah. Have a wonderful week. Okay, and you. Bye-bye. Bye. 
So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.